I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. And candy. Lots of candy. We're talking about candy. Newberry candy. We love our friend John Newberry and his candy. Subtle plug. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Newberrycandy.com. We just made you a jingle. Right? <laughs> I have a joke for you. Okay, what is it? Yeah. What do you call two spiders who just got married? I don't know, but I think it's going to be cute. <gasps> Newlywebs. Oh. <laughs> so cute. I wish I, I know. didn't hate spiders so, so much. I know. So sappy. It's the second episode in a row I'm talking about how much I hate spiders. I should probably stop. <laughs> um, I have one for you, too. I'm ready. What should you eat at a baseball game on Halloween? <gasps> I don't know what. A Frankenfurter. <laughs> That's so great. Uh, Again, we're a comedy podcast, everybody. Don't quit your day job, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we get into our booze news? Sure. Booze news. Booze news. <laughs> okay, so fun news yes guillermo del toro Mm -hmm. wrapped production on his new movie nightmare alley oh yes so this happened at the tail end of last year and we learned that searchlight has given the film a release date i love that (laughs) so we'll be able to head down nightmare alley in theaters on december 3rd 2021 Mm. so this year yeah so it stars Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, Mary Steenburgen, and David. I can't. I've, I'm gonna straight mess there. Straight. Yes, that man. How much did the payroll for this? I movie know. Cost? <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, really? Love <laughs> baby Jesus. I know. They're all sorry. This is a great cast, and this is why I want to see this. Six pound nine ounce. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, in the film, an ambitious young Carney, that word cracks me up, who is Bradley Cooper, with a talent for manipulating people with a few chosen words, hooks up with a, a female psychiatrist, who is Blanchett, um, who is even more dangerous than he is. Uh, the movie adapts the novel by William Lindsay Gresham. And it was published in 1946. The, no- the novel spawned its first feature film just one year later, starring Tyrone Power and Joan Blondell. I love Tyrone Power. Mm-hmm. I, th- I actually have a, like, side note, I have a box set of Tyrone Power movies. Can okay. we watch? Oh, fuck yeah, man. Oh, okay. So good. <laughs> but um, this new take was actually written by Del Toro and Kim Morgan. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I dig cannot it. wait for that. It sounds really, really good. I dig it, yo. Um, and then uh, we... F- more news. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Disney's Searchlight. I did not know that Disney bought Searchlight, but then I forgot. They bought they Fox. Bought Fox. <laughs> so, when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah. Yes. I, I still can't believe that. They bought all the Fox things. Anyway... <laughs> So, uh, Disney Searchlight acquired The Night House um, out of Sundance last year. And they've um, now added, uh, they provided director Jerry, um, Jerry, I don't know where I got that from, director David Bruckner's new horror movie with a release date. So, Searchlight will release The Night House in theaters on July 16th of this year. 
2021. Yeah. So the film follows a widow, Rebecca, who's played by Rebecca Hall, who begins to uncover her recently deceased husband's disturbing secrets. Mm. It also uh, stars Sarah Goldberg, um, Evan Jonikit, Stacey Martin, and Vondi Curtis Hall. Oh, nice. Yeah. That should be good. Good cast. Mm. In other news, publishing company Fangoria has launched Fangoria Studios to develop and produce film, television, and podcasts using the iconic Fangoria, Starlog, and Gorezone brands with an eye towards developing a slate of sci-fi and horror projects with global appeal. This should be good. Um, Circle of Confusion will represent them in all areas. Uh, there are many great stories in genre that have yet to be told with cultures rich in folklore and monsters of their own. Um, so, yeah. And Fangoria believes that when it comes to horror, everyone screams in the same language. Agreed. Yeah. So it'll be I exciting. Like it. I'm curious to see what's uh, coming next. Mm-hmm. And... Another news, Shudder's horror noir documentary will be released on DVD and Blu-ray on February 2nd. Um, So this is exciting because if you have not watched this documentary, you need to download Shudder just to watch it. Yeah. Um, I learned so freaking much about the history of black filmmakers, Mm -hmm. black actors in all aspects of horror. I'm really glad we talked about that, too. Me, too. We did an episode. It was one of our first episodes that we did. Wow. Yeah, because we were we, babies. Right. We we launched the <laughs> we're the still baby podcasters. I know. <laughs> um, we launched and then the world went to shit because people make bad choices and do terrible things. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to highlight, especially in such a, a in such a transitionary time in history, we wanted to highlight the contributions of black filmmakers, black actors and such in the horror genre who yes. are often overlooked. So we discussed this pretty in depth on well, actually it wasn't that in depth, but we did discuss it on um, the on that episode. But I highly encourage you please 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 watch it learn from it there's so many good things in there um i will be buying the blu-ray copy of it i encourage everybody else to do the same and i i feel like it's very apropos that it's coming out on february 2nd yup i agree considering it is black history month it is black history month it's not only valloween it's black history month y'all yep and uh anyway yeah stop tooting the horn (laughs) no 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 no. toot that toot that horn girl so yeah and just seriously if you have not watched it please do it Mm -hmm. do it (laughs) so before we get into our section of new year who this where we talk about some great small businesses we want to share some exciting news we are the new brand ambassadors for another great uh, small business kitty fx shop yeah so we'll be sharing some things coming up um i know we just recently shared just to kind of announce that we are brand ambassadors and our listeners get 15 percent off with our code our code squad ghouls at the checkout so be on the lookout we will be posting more things coming up especially all their new items that are going to be coming out we'll be helping them showcase all of that so definitely make sure you're paying attention to our stories um, on ig and facebook 
and, Absolutely. and our post as well. And Kitty FX is run by the wonderful and talented Allie um, and her fiance, Gio. They're wonderful. They're the kindest mortals on the face of the planet and so incredibly talented. So many fun things. So please, please, please patronize that business. Check them out and save some money. Use our code. Yes. But so for this section, I wanted to share kind of like some little more little fun things. So I wanted to share this little cute well there is an ig but also it's mostly on tiktok because i'm trying to be cool i need to learn tiktok (laughs) and i just watched i just love it to watch videos but anyway so i wanted to share um the account cute shit crafts i love it (laughs) and it's so great there's these little cute short videos and it shows you how to do some little great DIY and easy projects for your home decor or just any holiday. So there's been, um, the first post I saw was a lot of Halloween stuff. It was so cute. Um, and they're really short. And the the gentleman that does it is super witty and really funny. And he makes it really easy. He's like telling you like most of the stuff is either from Michael's or the Dollar Tree or the 99 cent store. Like they're... These little crafts don't cost that much to make, and they make beautiful things. Give me all the dollar store stuff, because Michael's gets fucking expensive. Yeah, for real. Unless you got that coupon. Yeah, right. (laughs) I I always have the coupon. Um, Never go anywhere without it. (laughs) For real. Download that app. Get that coupon. (laughs) So, check out Cute Shit Crafts. I love it. It's so much fun. How cute. And, you know, I feel like this year, everybody's probably a little bit more diy yeah kind of like last year i'm trying really hard to buy less stuff yeah i'm trying to more um you know sew it myself or thrift it if possible right but you know it is hard (laughs) but you know i'm getting there trying to be a little bit more diy this year so (laughs) um another one i want to share is called glad racket and this company stood out to me because I saw this amazing shirt that they posted. Um, and I actually shared it on our IG stories uh, re- recently. Uh, they have this wonderful shirt. It says, I will follow you into the park. So it has obviously the three ghosts, the three famous ghosts from Haunted Mansion. And then they have a little skeleton couple with um, Minnie and Mickey hats on sitting in the doom buggy. Cute. It's so cute, but they have a lot of that. So, um, you know, great clothing and accessories. They also have stickers, um, but they, they have that shirt coming out and um, by the time this episode comes out, unfortunately, <laughs> the the pre-order will already be over, but hopefully you could still get some amazing things. So check them out at uh, gladracket.com and then also there on Instagram. I love it. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. First shop that I picked is a local business um, and one that I've actually shopped at for more than a decade. They are a staple of the Burbank area. Um, and that is Dark Delicacies. 
So mm-hmm. it's owned by Dell, who's a wonderful human. Um, they've got all kinds of great stuff. But so great. Everything from horror clothing to various novelties, toys, like oh, spooky toys, books. Um, they even have kids clothing and such. Um, but they also have really special signed editions of books that are published. So like when John Landis did, uh, wrote, just published his book, what was it, last year or his latest book last year, um, he did a little in-store signing obviously covid safe but he came in with a mask signed some books and so forth mick garris same thing Mm -hmm. so uh they always miss those i know so they (laughs) do all kinds of really great in-store events but obviously with the pandemic they can't um however dell is operating his website which is dark dell just d-e-l dot com um so definitely check him out he does ship quite a bit of goodies there are some stuff that's pickup only that's a little bit larger or um things that are a little more fragile but if you're in the greater los angeles area burbank is a hop skip and a jump especially because there's not nearly as much traffic as there used to be Mm. um and then the second shop that i picked is love disease which is an etsy shop um but they've got all sorts of different fun things i actually bought a spider web um, pillbox hat from them last year oh cute super freaking cute and um if conventions and stuff open back up this year then i'll wear it to one of the conventions but it's or i'll just say fucking and wear it to the grocery store because it's that cute they have all sorts of fun stuff halloween themed face masks hats um for anyone who likes to wear hair flowers they have those neck scarves as well as some great stickers and pins um so follow them on instagram it's their ig handle is love disease and then they also have that etsy shop so be sure to check them out Yay! And today's episode, since we just had an inauguration, sure did this week, America, America. Um, <laughs> nobody stormed the Capitol again. Well, uh, they had that shit on lock, right? Exactly. <laughs> like whoever was uh, who was there, and I, I think I saw a couple of like Instagram videos posted. Like they were way in the back. Like if the Capitol had a nosebleed section. It would have been. It would that. have been beyond that, right? <laughs> it was. You could not move in Washington D.C. this week, understandably so. But this is why we can't have nice things because right. people do dumb things like storm the Capitol. <laughs> um, so we thought that because we had an election this week, yeah, or not an election. Sorry, that happened a while ago. <laughs> we had an. We don't want to go through that again. No. I, <laughs> My my blood pressure cannot take another five days. I'm, I'm good. No. I stayed off social media. I stayed off the news. I didn't do anything for five days. I just worked. I got so much shit done at work. It's not even funny. Good job. Right? Well, because I'm staying off of everything else. Yeah. <laughs> like, my anxiety's on, like, 900. Um, so we thought it'd be fine with the inauguration to talk about haunted presidents and some ghosts of the White House. I know. There's so many. There's so much stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. It's crazy. You want me to kick it off with ghosts? Go ahead. Okay. So, um, first thing I wanted to talk about is the ghosts of the most famous house in America, the White House. Yep. The President's House. I don't want to call it the White House anymore. This is bullshit. Let's call it the President's House. <laughs> so, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, and some recommended reading. There's actually a lot of really fun little stories in here about different ghosts. I read this book a million years ago when it came out. I think it came out in like 2010 or 
2011, sometime around there. Um, but it's a book called Haunted Presidents, Ghosts in the Lives of Chief of the Chief Executives by Charles Stansfield Jr. So good reading. Little spooky haunted presidents because they're just normal people like us. So as we know, the White House is incredibly haunted. How could it not be? The president's house is incredibly haunted. So let's talk first about the ghosts of Abigail Adams and David Burns. Um, So Abigail Adams, the wife of John Adams, the second president of the United States, moved to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue from the former U.S. Capitol in Philadelphia. At the time, Washington, D.C. was still just a normal town, but mostly on swampy land on the banks of the Potomac River. Um, And because the East Room of the new president's house was the warmest and driest, Abigail used it to hang her washing. Her ghost, which is often seen clad in a capital A shawl, has reportedly been seen headed towards the East Room with her arms outstretched as if carrying laundry. I thought that they had people Hmm. that did that for them. (laughs) Even back like, no, no, no. I mean, like, even today, like, yeah, Dr. Joe Biden's not going to be doing her own laundry. Like, come on. Mm -mm. I wouldn't. Yeah. She's going to make sure it's done right, though. Yes. That's interesting. (laughs) Um. So, uh, a lesser known early White House personality who has been said to haunt its halls was David Burns, who sold the government most of the land on which the city of Washington, including the presidential residence, was built. Um, So Lillian Rogers Parks, who is a seamstress who chronicled her 30 year career working in the White House in her memoir that came out in 1961, actually told the story of a valet to President Franklin D. Roosevelt, who reportedly heard a disembodied voice coming from a distance in the yellow oval room saying, I'm Mr. Burns. Oh, that's creepy. That's very creepy. Um, So during Harry Truman's administration, a guard heard a similar voice, thinking it was then Secretary of State James Burns. He went looking for him, only to learn that the secretary hadn't been in the White House at all that day. Um, So the president's house is also haunted by the ghosts of Andrew Jackson and Harry Truman. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, um, in 1824, Andrew, also known as Old Hickory Jackson, was defeated by John Quincy Adams in one of the most contentious presidential elections in history. Um, so, elected president for four, uh, elected president four years later, uh, Jackson continued to hold grudges against those who had supported his opponent, and in the early 1860s. First Lady Mary Todd Lincoln, who strongly believed in the occult and reportedly held seances. Oh, my gosh. Crazy lady. Um, (laughs) She held seances in the White House to commune with the spirits of her dead sons. um, Told friends she had heard Jackson stomping and swearing through the halls of the presidential residence. (laughs) So instead of uh, reaching her her sons, she... (laughs) She got a real fucking cranky Jackson. Um, That's funny. It is. So the Rose Room, which is Jackson's bedchamber while he was president, is believed by some to be one of the most haunted rooms in the White House, the president's house. I'm trying to call it the president's house. Um, Jackson's ghostly appearance also showed up in the president's house correspondence of Harry Truman, America's 33rd president. 
Uh-huh. Um, so in June of 1945, just two months into his first term, Harry Truman wrote to his wife, Bess, of the spooky quality of their residence. And he actually wrote, I quote, uh, I sit here in this old house and work on foreign affairs, read reports and work on speeches, all the while listening to the ghosts walk up and down the hallway and even right in here in the study. The floors pop and the drapes move back and forth. I can just imagine old Andy and Teddy having an argument over Franklin. I like the idea of a bunch of dead presidents yelling at each other. That seems really amusing to me. Interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the most notable ghost and most frequently reported in the president's house. I love this. Is none other than the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. Who, um, fun fact, if you haven't listened to... The podcast series 1619, you absolutely should, because you will learn that Abraham Lincoln, while he was still an abolitionist because he didn't believe that the ideals of slavery aligned with the ideals of the newly born United States, Abraham Lincoln was quite the racist. And even met wow. with several uh, with with several freed slaves who were fighting for freedom, and had told them that they should leave. So, hmm. there's something that you don't learn in school, kids. Well, the great Abraham Lincoln was not so great. Um, so, by far, as I mentioned, the most frequently reported si- uh, sightings of ghosts in the in the president's house over the years has been that of Abraham Lincoln, um, who is, as we know, his life was cut short when he was assassinated in April of 1865. Um, so, Grace Coolidge, who was the wife of Calvin Coolidge, was the first person to say she had actually seen Lincoln's ghost. And according to her, he was standing overlooking oh, or out looking out of a window of the Oval Office and looking across the Potomac River to the former Civil War battlefields and beyond. And Lady Bird Johnson, who was the wife of Lyndon B. Johnson, reportedly felt Lincoln's uh, presence one night while watching a television program about his death. Wow. Um, so most notably, um, sightings of his ghosts are frequently reported during the administration of Franklin D. Roosevelt. And uh-huh. it's important to remember, Franklin Roosevelt was president for 12 years before term limits for the presidency <laughs> were uh, put in place. And he died in office. Um, so he also presided over his country during a time of great upheaval, obviously, during the Depression and yep. so forth. And World War One, or I'm sorry, not the Depression, but World War One, World War Two, or no, not World War One. It would have been before, mostly World War II. Um So First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt used the Lincoln bedroom as her study and she said she would feel his presence or presence, I'm sorry, (laughs) presence um, while she worked there late at night. And during her visit to the White House, Queen Wilhelmina, I love that name, of the Netherlands heard a knock on her bedroom door in the night. And when she answered it, she reportedly saw Lincoln's ghost wearing his top hat and fainted. I mean, I don't know what I would do if I saw Abraham Lincoln standing in my doorway. <laughs> I'd say hi. I'd first wonder <laughs> what I was on. <laughs> um, and then British Prime Minister, the great Winston Churchill, who visited the White House more than once during World War II, 
told a story of (laughs) emerging naked from his evening bath, smoking a cigar only to find the ghost of Lincoln sitting in by the fireplace in his room. Oh God. Um, That's creepy. It's super creepy. (laughs) And when Lillian Rogers Parks, the seamstress uh, had actually once investigated the sound of someone pacing the upper level of the white house, another staff member uh, in told her the room in question had been unoccupied and that it was old Abe pacing the floor. And psychics have actually speculated that Lincoln's spirit remains in the white, in the president's house to be on hand in times of crisis, as well as to complete the difficult work that his untimely death left unfinished. Oh boy. And those are just some of the ghosts of the white house. There's so many. AKA the president's house. All these little stories. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I found an interesting story. Um, So this is in the time um, when uh, Taft was in the White House. Um, And he called this ghost the thing. Ooh. (laughs) This is like before Stephen King's the thing, I'm assuming. Yes, it is. (laughs) Uh, So... um, my dear Clara, Major Archie Butt, like B-U-T-T, <laughs> he wrote this in the summer of 1911. Um, he writes, it seems the White House is haunted. <laughs> so began what would become the only written record of the mysterious executive mansion, Ghost, known only as The Thing. So that July, word of an apparition appearing to servants in William Howard Taft's White House reached uh, Archie Butt. Um, He was a military aide to the president who served kind of as like his personal secretary. And so uh, the reported encounters with a ghost had been scaring domestic staffers for months, as he recounted in a letter to his sister-in-law, Clara. Um, the spooky tale he told uh, her remains an enduring question mark um, for White House scholars even today. So, um, as the gossip of the time uh, went, the thing was felt more often than seen. So, Taft's housekeeper would call, it would say, a spooky little thing herself. But a lot of others uh, reported. Um, that you know servants said that they had the the feeling of the thing appear as a slight pressure on the shoulder as if a curious kid was leaning over to see what they were doing so um archie but scolded the housekeeper telling her ghosts have not the sense of touch i disagree um (laughs) at least those like self-respecting ghosts of which i have heard um but servants maintained that it was in fact this the spirit was touching them so the thing is kind of like one of the most unusual um white house spirits because no one knows who he was um there's a uh quote saying uh the ghost it seems uh is a young boy about 14 or 15 years old with rumpled uh blondish hair and sad blue eyes they say that the first knowledge one has the presence of the thing is a slight pressure on the shoulder as if someone was leaning over to see what you might be doing so several of the white house uh, staff you know reported feeling this mysterious pressure only to turn around into an empty room and see nothing uh just one of the uh, just one member of the household, though, said she actually did see a ghost. So Marsh, who was um, 
first uh first lady helen taft's personal maid reported not just feeling the ghost leaning over her shoulder but seeing the ethereal figure whom she described as a young boy with light unkempt hair and sad blue eyes oh <laughs> so of course you know uh taft is talking to archie but just try to like get him to figure out you know what's going on <laughs> so um taft responded to the news of this you know this rumor that's going around and you know he was he got really upset <laughs> um and you know archie but is writing this all in his you know experience with this and he said that taft started banning everyone in the house from speaking of the ghosts um under the threat of firing and the president worried that the story would get out and the press would have a pretty much a field day with the news so but his aide seemed to have a sense of humor about the whole situation so he says i reminded him with the help um, I reminded him that the help was in such a state of mind that if it was positively believed that the upper floor of the White House was haunted, the servants there could not be kept in their places by executive order. So there's that. <laughs> so still both of them found their cur- their curiosity peaked. So Taft was, you know, anxious to hear about the thing as, you know, as, you know, everybody has. So, and so but who often was receiving, you know, the end, the, the receiving end of the housekeeping staff's complaints, he was afraid to let on how intrigued he was by the thing to Taft because, you know, he obviously, he didn't want to get fired. So that's what started him just kind of writing all this down. <laughs> um, but he hoped that the ghost would fade into the background as the year wore on and the staff got busier, relieving him of the duty of calming down the superstitious um, employees. But uh, even while publicly scoffing at the story, Archie Butt was privately planning a to research the mysterious boy's possible origins. He asked several different servants to tell him their stories about the thing, and then he told Clara that he was going to kind of like get a little bit more into the history of the White House to see you know, if any boy matching the thing's description had lived or died there. But he never mentioned it in his letters to Clara again. Uh, it seems that he never did find out who the ghosts might have been. So um, modern White uh, House histories were, you know, just a little confused as he was because they also tried to <laughs> go a little bit um, further in it because the only known youngster that they know that's said to haunt the president, the presidential residence is Willie Lincoln, who died during his father's second year in office, uh, possibly of typhoid fever. Uh, but Willie was 11 when he died, much younger than the description of the thing. Um, so whoever the paranormal figure might have represented, Taft was seemingly successful in squashing the rumors before they reached beyond the White House walls. Uh, you know, they didn't really... They didn't really see any stories in the papers of the time, uh, but you could say that, you know, Archie Butt did a really good job of, you know, just kind of like keeping the story under wraps. So he did his job. Um, <laughs> but but Archie Butt himself was not uh, long for this world as well. Uh, so he pretty much took all these little secrets and whatever little research that he did, um, he took to the grave with him because in April 1912, returning from Europe to the U.S. after a six-week uh, leave of absence from the White House, he died in the Titanic. No shit. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> 
I was like, oh, so we'll never know. <laughs> what a way to go out. Yeah. So, I mean, did he get to the bottom of the mystery? We'll never know because it's, you know, in the ocean somewhere with him. The bottom of the Atlantic. Yeah. <laughs> so that is the thing. I just like well this called done. the thing. It makes me think of the the thing from the movie with the with the the head and the feet and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I'll, I'll always yeah. I always just find it interesting because it's called the thing, but it, clearly it's a little boy. <laughs> just call it a boy, <laughs> right? There's some creepy little oh, blonde boy. Who was the little boy who was um making its way around all like the creepy pastas from a couple years ago? It was like oh, it was dear David. I think it was Dear David. And he's this little ghostly boy that would show up in your, in front of your bed at night. And he would show up three nights in a row. And you're supposed to ask him three questions. And then I forget what would happen if the third night you asked him something wrong. I, I, I don't God, I'm going to have to look it up. I'm, okay, I'm going to go back down the creepypasta <laughs> hole tonight. Uh-oh. Going down done. the rabbit hole. But yeah, it was, it was Dear David. But you like you weren't supposed to ask him how he died. Um, and you weren't supposed to ask him something different. But yeah, this. I know. It reminds me of the thing. <laughs> so the the second one that I picked is a story that is mildly disputed, but still kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the urban legend that Abraham Lincoln predicted his own death. That's amazing. So because your mom and my mom are about the same age, I think your mom's a little bit younger than my mom. Um but they seem to like a lot of the same things. Did your mom watch Touched by an Angel like crazy? Yes. Okay, so there was an episode of Touched by an Angel about this as well. Um, but, you know, for anybody that's old enough to remember that show. I just aged myself real bad. Um, so, Abraham Lincoln's former law partner, friend, and sometimes bodyguard by the name of Ward Hill Lehman told a famous story about the 16th U.S. president and his premonition of his own death. So, according to the tale, just a few days before his assassination on April 14th, Lincoln shared a recent dream with a small group that included his wife, Mary Todd, and Lehman. In it, he walked into the East Room of the White House to find a covered corpse guarded by soldiers and surrounded by a crowd of mourners. When Lincoln asked one of the soldiers who had died, the soldier replied, the president, he was killed by an assassin. Um, interestingly, Lincoln supposedly later insisted to Layman, Lamont, Layman, whatever his name is, um, <laughs> that the body on display was not his own. So he himself huh. did not view the dream as a portent of his own demise. Interesting. Um, yep. Some historians have actually cast doubt on this account, which was first published in the 1880s, nearly 20 years after his assassination. Um, though Lamon, Lamon, Layman, that guy. Let's that call guy. him. Let's call him Ward. <laughs> Like on Leave it to Beaver. (laughs) Ward Cleaver. Um, Okay, so the Ward claimed to have reconstructed the incident based on notes he made in 1865. Does seem a little odd that neither he nor Mary Lincoln mentioned the dream right after the president's murder. 
So Mm. even if Ward's story isn't true, Abraham Lincoln was apparently quite interested in the meaning of dreams and what they have to say about future events, both positive and negative. So proof of his curiosity lies in an 1863 letter to his wife, who at the time was in Philadelphia with their 10-year-old son, Tad. Uh, Lincoln actually wrote, that Mary had better, quote, put Tad's pistol away as he had an ugly dream about him. Moreover, members of Lincoln's cabinet recalled that on the morning of his assassination, the president told them he had dreamed of sailing across an unknown body of water at great speed. He also apparently revealed that he'd had the same dream repeatedly on previous occasions before nearly every great and important event of the war. So the story, again, points to Lincoln's interest in the predictive power of dreams, but it does not offer hard evidence that he foresaw his own death. But it's always a, a fun urban legend that I like to hear about. Oh, I like it. It's very creepy. Have you ever predicted anything creepy? No, I don't think so. Like, I can't remember. Have you? <laughs> I get deja vu a lot. Yeah, I mean, I could say I can, I get those feelings sometimes. Like, the only thing that's weird that happens to me, and I don't know if it's, like, a prediction, but I have weird dreams where I oddly feel like it's really hap- happening. Mm-hmm. And then I wake up and I feel like I'm still in the dream. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I'll, like, hear things that were in the dream, but it's, like, coming from outside of the dream, Mm -hmm. even though I'm, like, totally awake. But, yeah. Yeah. There's there's that. It's so creepy. (laughs) And it kind of freaks me out sometimes. Totally. Some of those dreams that I've had, yeah, I'm not even going to get into it. But (laughs) it's it's really creepy. (laughs) So, Okay. Well, there was one that I had, but I forgot there was this one that I found that was so much cooler. And I know you will like this. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm here for this. <laughs> so, this is the story of the legend of the demon cat at the U.S. <gasps> Capitol. Is it Binks? <laughs> I am the knight. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch me. I am the knight. <laughs> so, yeah. So, according to legend, there is a demon cat who lives at our nation's Capitol building. Oh, my God. I'm I mean, here for I kind of thought it, it was appropriate to talk about this. hundred <laughs> percent. So, the story begins back in 1814 when the British stormed the Capitol on horseback. So... At that time, Britain still wanted to be in charge of America and, you know, didn't like our government. Everybody knows the story. (laughs) So they carried lighted torches and set our capital ablaze. There it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So the second story floor was made of wood and burned really quickly. Americans decided that they wanted to rebuild the second story floor of the capital with the sturdiest of materials. So they hired... Uh, special workers uh, or masons, I should say, who carried, who made heavy concrete stones and installed them to make the floor strong and next covered it with marble and tile to make it smooth. So once the floor was built, the workers polished and shined the new floor and stood back to marvel at their work. Strangely, although the stones had been laid in random order, they noticed a pattern had been created running from one staircase to the other was a set of feline paw prints. 
Oh my god, I love it so much! <laughs> and so began the legend of the demon cat. Oh my god, this this is amazing. <laughs> so legend has it that the cat comes from the capital, comes to the capital to warn the United States of impending disaster. Oh, so this is like the American equivalent of the ravens at the mm-hmm. Tower of London. Exactly, but it's okay. a demon cat. <laughs> Way better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, ravens are cool, but... So, the last time the cat was reported in the building was the night before President Reagan was shot. Somebody tried to shoot Reagan? <laughs> yeah. You- I, I guess I forgot about that. <laughs> I guess because I'm not surprised. Yeah, they tried to assassinate him. I, gu- I guess, I mean, well, when you, you know, start to redistribute wealth from the middle class to the wealthy, <laughs> I'm, so I'm, I'm going to sip my water. Yeah, um, I know, right? Anyway... So this story comes from a police officer who was there the night before. So in the Capitol, there's a long hallway that connects the Senate and the House meeting room. So it's patrolled all night long by police officers. So one night the cat was last seen uh, on the night the cat was last seen. Sorry, the officer on duty was routinely walking up the staircase on his patrol. He came to the top of the staircase. A black cat darted out of the door in front of him. It's Binks. Binks does that shit to me all the time. He's like, ha ha, I am the knight. I I am the knight. I will get you. We're going to make sure. (laughs) He just did that to Blue. That's literally going to be like the rest of this episode. I am the knight. I am the knight. (laughs) Oh, I love that cat. He's so cute. So, um, but as it came closer to him, it became bigger and bigger and when it was just three feet away from him it was the size of a huge tiger it's like the yule burning cat. eyes yeah it's the yule cat something's going on over there at the capitol <laughs> <laughs> then uh so then the running cat jumped at the officer just where the paw prints um in the floor end so like when i go to dc because i've never been i'm totally gonna look for this if we're allowed now, we are not going to be allowed anywhere near Probably the not Capitol be allowed. after January but one day, 6th. When we, I'm like, one day after we are allowed, possibly. Anyway. You'll, so. you'll have to show proof of your parlor membership. Yeah, I know, right? No shade, but all the shade. <laughs> As you over there sipping your tea. Sipping that water. A lot, of, a lot of tea sipping about the Capitol right now. Uh, anyway. Yep. So it mm. vanished uh, two or three inches from the officer's chest. The officer ran screaming to the police headquarters to report the incident to the police chief. Um, when the chief heard the story, he went to a safe and pulled out <laughs> a, an old dusty black book. He took out a pen and recorded the spotting in the black book. It was the 58th time the demon cat had been spotted at the Capitol. What? Yeah. Yeah, been 58 instances of a demon cat, and I did not know about this. Yeah, so obviously the police chief knew the history of this demon cat. Also, can I please see this book? <laughs> So he, you know, he quickly phoned the White House and Pentagon to try and warn them that something grave was about to happen. No one believed the two officers until Reagan was shot eight hours later. Oh, you should have listened. Mm-hmm. There's always warnings. Um, later that afternoon, the officers opened the black book and read about other strange encounters with the demon cat. So the night before President Kennedy was shot, the Aww. demon cat was reported in the Capitol. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> the night before the United States sent men to Vietnam, 
the cat was also cited. Someone bubble wrap the fuck out of Joe Biden. <laughs> Please don't. You better tell us when that demon cat shows up. You better keep that <laughs> keep that kitty cat outside. Um, yet, but also they were surprised that they did not see a sighting of the cat the night before the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. No oh. sighting of the cat. Interesting. Um, <laughs> they so you know they kind of found that strange. So they investigated a little bit later. So. Um, they found an old yellow copy of the Washington Post dated December 7th, 1941. Uh, and that told the story of a police officer found dead of a heart attack in the very spot the demon cat makes his appearance. The officer had died just seven hours before the bombing began. So. Holy shnikes. <laughs> so even though the demon cat hasn't been spotted in years the police officers who patrol at night sometimes hold their breath as they walk that empty hallway never knowing the next time the notorious demon cat will prowl Ooh. you are welcome that was amazing <laughs> oh also i forgot to point out he was also reportedly seen before the start the stock market crash of 1929 oh that fucking cat telling you i need to see this book Ooh. yeah see there are just there are so many things <laughs> that we will never know i know relating to the capital and the government there are just so so many unanswered questions and so many things we'll never know i want to see that that what what's the i'm trying to remember it was from that nicholas cage movie national treasure yes thank you you mean how now we know it really is not that hard to steal the declaration of independence <laughs> if you're nicholas cage <laughs> nick cage i'm so sorry but and wait what's uh january 6th angelina jolie's down <laughs> Oh, John Voight. Yeah, and John Voight. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, guys. January 6th, where's the lie detector? Where's Maury? Okay, so in my the best... The lie detector just said that was a lie. Yes, in my, in my best Maury impression, Nicolas Cage says that it's nearly impossible to steal the Declaration of Independence. January 6th, 2021 proved that was a lie. <laughs> steal fucking nancy pelosi's laptop oh man Woo! i love this episode <laughs> anyway oh man but wait in the white house they have that special book that only presidents get to see they have all the secrets i forget what it's called it's gonna drive me crazy oh no because it has like supposedly it has the truth of certain things like obviously area 51 um like who actually shot kennedy is like actually information in this book that only they get to see i don't know i forget what it's called dang it trade secrets i don't know you I know guess. what you it's remember like a black book you know what i'm also <laughs> what, what i'm also real pissed about you remember was it um was it 2018 or 2019 everybody was talking about storming area 51 Oh, yeah. Apparently, that's not that hard either. Oh, again, Jan <laughs> January 6, 2021 proved that's a lie. <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe it was just a fictional thing in the National Treasure, but I also feel like it's a real thing. Oh, the book that they give? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the secret. It's the president's secret book. Girl, that ain't true. They probably do, though. They just write down the nuclear codes on a napkin? and give it to them 
And then keep them in their pocket. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, we'll probably never get to walk the Capitol or the White House anytime soon. But it would be cool to see some some ghosts. I, w- I would like to go to D.C. because I've never been. Oh, yeah. And spend a week in the Smithsonian. Oh, right. Because that's what you need. Yep. They're like, oh, are you going to go see the other the monuments? No, I'll be at the Smithsonian. Nope. <laughs> I don't need to see a gigantic Abraham Lincoln. I'm good. I mean, I can like go and take a picture. I don't need to stand there very long. No, it'd be like um in the first uh, National Lampoon Vacation movie where they're at the Grand Canyon and he's like, they just stand there and look at it and like, yep, now let's go. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. But yeah, ghosts, presidents. Ghosts. Haunted Presidents. Um, again, suggested reading. Please check out that book because reading is fundamental. Just ask <laughs> Mama Rue. Yep. Um, it's called Haunted Presidents, Ghosts in the Lives of the Chief Executives. That's by Charles Stansfield Jr. Good reading. Good yeah. stories. And I found a lot of stuff um, from hauntedDC.com. Ooh, Haunted DC. And then I think I pulled mine from the History Channel. Oh, yeah, that too. I did see History a lot. Channel had some Which I good thought stuff. was interesting. <laughs> Dude, the History Channel has all kinds of good creepy they, shit. They're stepping up their game. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm here for this. But yeah. That's our show. Yay. Thanks for listening. It was fun. It was a good time. It was very um good to do this episode right now. Absolutely. Have fun with some president creepy history. <laughs> Dude, that demon cat. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the rabbit hole looking at that demon cat. You're on the so welcome for that oh my story. Because I had totally forgot and I was like, oh wait, I didn't put that in my notes. <laughs> and I forgot. So I was like, no, nah, I'm skipping that last one. I'm I'm doing the demon cat. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, hope you liked it. Yeah. Um, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, like, subscribe, save, whatever your podcast platform requires you to do. Do that. We yep. appreciate it. Yay. Don't forget to visit our website, www.thesquadghouls.com. Like um, us on Facebook. Yeah, that. Like us on Instagram. That too. And email us because we love to hear from you. We love suggestions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got one today, actually. Yes. Looks good. I'm we excited. Did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so email us at ghouls at gmail.com. And we also have a little contact form on our website. Yeah, do all that stuff. All Cre- of it. Creep it real. <laughs> and we'll scare you later. Goodbye. Bye. Ba-do-boom.